The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Yes, it is another episode of Absurd Psychology. We're, today, we're going to talk about emotional IQ, emotional intelligence. Now, what in the world is that? Well, if you can imagine uh, when a baby cries, a baby cries because they're tired, they're hungry, they're, they're uh, bored, uh, they want something, uh, whatever it is, it could be a million things, but the only emotion they have to demonstrate is crying. And if you think about this in human terms, what happens is we develop a vocabulary of emotions over time. And so crying no longer is the only emotion a baby shows. As they become a toddler, they may learn frustration, they may learn anger, they may learn rage. They have different variabilities. They may learn happy, sad, indifferent. All these emotions start to come into play as they interact with people and they start to go to school and interact with other children. And so we develop an, an emotional vocabulary, an emotional intelligence over time. And so once again, that crying episode is basically the only emotion that a baby can communicate. Um, it's the only one that they really know when they're trying to get their emotions forward, and our job is to interpret how are they crying. Well, the same thing is for a human being. So over time, some people are emotionally retarded, and I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean is they just don't have a lot of emotional vocabulary. There's a lot of homes out there that don't allow emotions in people's lives, and they don't uh, welcome it because they see it as conflict. And so emotional vocabularies become very dull in some people's lives. Some people have very rich emotional vocabularies because they're uh, parents, their home, their family, their friends welcome emotions and they look to them as a positive thing and they embrace it and, and they go with it as, as a part of being human. And so it's, it all depends on your environment when you were younger, uh, basically how your vocabulary is going to go into your early adult life. But as you go into your own adult life, you start to also learn that you have a lot more control over your emotional vocabulary and you can expand it. This is something that can always change. Emotional intelligence, emotional IQ can always be cultivated throughout the course of existence. The deal is, is that we have to embrace emotion as a part of who we are. And some people, once again, are afraid of conflict. They see emotions as something uncontrollable. And being the control freaks that all human beings are, 
uh, sometimes we look at that in a negative way. We don't want to have something in our life that we cannot control. That's why people hate grieving so much because it just, just kind of takes over and it sneaks up on you and it comes at the worst times and, uh, and it's an amazing a tidal wave that just takes you over and people hate that kind of control that emotions can actually do that. And so developing an emotional IQ for all of us is a very, very smart way to integrate our humanness into our logical life and into how we approach the world because we come to find that there is more language than words that people speak. And uh, that's called meta-communication, nonverbal communication. And emotions are also engaged non uh, verbally, where they're on people's face, they're on their demeanor, they're on how they look, um, they're on their energy. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to read people. And if you deny your emotional intelligence, you also deny common sense, and you also deny your ability to engage with people. And so that's what this show's about, and that's why it is so valuable. So what is emotional intelligence? It, it, it is the ability to identify and manage your own emotions and even sometimes influence the emotions of others. It's generally said that it includes about three, yeah, like three skills. You know, emotional awareness, which is including uh, uh, the ability to identify your own emotions and those of others. The ability to harness emotions and apply them to tasks like thinking and problem solving. And I'm not talking about motivation, by the way. And also the ability to manage emotions, including the ability to regulate your own emotions and the ability to cheer up or calm down other people. And that's an influence. That means you can't control them, but you can certainly influence them by understanding your own emotional intelligence. It is the capacity to reason about emotions and emotional information and of emotions to enhance thought. So it is an addition to our thought. And people that have high emotional intelligence could solve a variety of emotion-related problems accurately and quickly. Great leaders understand Emotions. They understand how to read people. They understand how to read people that work for them and accurately perceive it in people's faces, in people's demeanor, in their energy. And these kind of people know how sadness promotes like analytical thought. And so they may prefer to uh, tone down the room. Uh, in order for people to be more analytical. And uh, some angry uh, people can be dangerous, and, and people with high emotional intelligence understand that. And they know that happiness means that someone wants to join with others and that some sad people may prefer to be alone. Uh, high emotional people know how to manage their own and other people's uh, influence, other people's emotions. They understand that when a happy person will be more likely to accept an invitation to a social gathering and uh, when a sad or afraid person is there, uh, what to do with that person and how to approach them. However, emotional intelligence is not agreeableness. It is not optimism. It's not happiness. It's not calmness or motivation. It's, these qualities, although they're important, have little to do with intelligence, little to do with emotions, and nearly nothing to do with actual emotional intelligence. It's especially unfortunate that even some trained psychologists have confused emotional intelligence with such personal qualities. It's quite important because emotional intelligence expands our notions, it helps us predict important life outcomes, and it can be used to help people find the right work and relationships for themselves. 
So here's a, a self-test, and, and you just want to know how do you rate. So it's a true or false. You know, here's some questions. It takes me a long time to recover from setbacks or frustrations, true or false. I often miss subtle emotional cues in others, including my partner. On some level, I enjoy the rush that comes from anger and negativity. When I'm criticized by my partner, once again, these are true false, I tend to immediately uh, lash back verbally. I have a difficult time communicating what I'm feeling. I often look for fault in others, including my partner. It's hard for me to admit blame. In difficult situations, I find it almost impossible to see any upside. My partner often says I'm insensitive. I don't always know why I'm in a bad mood. Or I frequently say things in the heat of the moment that I later regret. And these are questions that if you ask themselves, and I would say if you answered true to to many of these, you would find that you have a trouble with emotional intelligence and you need to cultivate that. We all have room for improvement, you know, but if you wrote uh, true for uh, five or more of these responses, you may be limited in your potential and you may want to enhance your emotional intelligence in your life. So how do you do that? You know, when you're upset, emotional intelligence dictates allow yourself to cool off before interacting with others. No good decisions or statements are made when we are emotional or angry. We do not have high intelligence when we are high on the emotions. It also, uh, the emotional intelligence can help you learn specific techniques to communicate more effectively. And we're going to go into that. And, uh, You know, we're going to look at this. Now, how do you enhance emotional intelligence? Well, first of all, if you don't like a subject, don't interrupt or change the subject. If it feels you're uncomfortable, you you may want to avoid by interrupting or distracting. But instead of that, sit down and look at conversations that you have that you wanted to avoid and ask, how am I feeling about this? Why am I feeling this way about this? And you have to look at yourself and maybe write it down and, and go into detail with yourself as to why you distract or avoid topics, certain topics in your life. And then you want to find out how to reapproach those topics. Also, if you don't judge or edit your feelings too quickly, uh, that's a good way to enhance your emotional intelligence by trying not to discuss your feelings before you have a chance to think them through. If healthy emotions often arise and fall in a wave. They rise and peak, fading naturally. It's like a wave. And you can, you, you know, your aim should not be to cut off the wave before it peaks. And, and here's the deal. You know, I always tell people when you're grieving, it is so important to be able to think in terms of an emotion in your brain is going to have a real hard time lasting more than three minutes. And the reason is because if you're not feeding it with logical conclusion as to why you're feeling the way you're feeling, once again, I'm going, okay, I'm angry because this person said this to me. And you know, last week they said this to me. And then they said this to me. And every time you think of a thought of why you're angry, what you're doing is you're adding another three minutes onto that emotion. That becomes a bigger and bigger wave. And that's when emotions tie wave over us. And so what we want to do is we want to sit back and we want to let the wave hit the shore and glide away. So if I don't feed an emotion, let's say I'm angry. I'm angry because this person said something to me. And then I don't think any other wise. I just let it sit. Okay, I'm angry. 
I'm angry. Boy, I'm angry. And then what happens is your brain does not have the energy to sustain that emotion. And so basically what happens is that wave hits the shore. That's emotional intelligence. That's the way that we allow our brain to not let emotions run our life. Let them hit the shore. Stop feeding them with reasons and logic as to why you're feeling the way you're feeling. You know, also, you want to see if you can find connections between your feelings and other times you felt the same way. You know, when a difficult feeling arises, ask yourself, "When, when have I felt this before? And doing this may help you realize if your current state of emotion is reflective of the current situation or if it's something from the past. If it's something from the past, we do not have to program ourselves to act the same way as we did in the past when it was an unfamiliar emotion. We can find new ways to process emotion and by and safer ways and, and less influential ways. So, you know, the good news is we want to have feelings to help us get motivated, to get, help us be able to drive our life. We need emotions to do that, but we want to lead by thoughts and let the emotions drive us to it. Okay. So you want to listen also to your body. You know, a knot in your stomach while driving to work may be a clue that your job is a source of stress. A flutter in your heart when, when, when you uh, pick up a girl or a guy, um, you know, that you may be starting to date, that this could be the real thing. Well, that could be something that tells you you're under stress. Listening to these sensations and underlying feelings, they're a signal and they allow you to process with your powers of reason. Coming to, to understand these emotions and accept them is a great thing because it helps you enjoy life. It helps you embrace moments and not be afraid of what those emotions can bring you. You know, if you don't know how you're feeling, ask someone else. People seldom realize others are able to actually help us understand how we feel. You know, I, I don't know how I feel, but... How do you think I feel? And and let the other person feel for you. And sometimes you're going to find that oftentimes they're very in tune with your own thoughts and your own feelings. Also, you also want to turn into your unconscious feelings. These are these are ways once again to enhance your emotional intelligence. You know how you can become more aware of your unconscious feelings is is try something called free association. And this is what Freud did back before you know the golden days back in the 1800 late 1800s or into the 1900s and what he basically did is he would allow people to lay on a couch not look at him look at the wall and basically start telling him everything that comes to their mind how they feel what their thoughts are and just let those things flow and basically what happens is with free association you start to discover what's really on your mind and being able to do that you're integrating those emotions into who you are and you're better able to manage them also you know you always want to ask yourself how do i feel how do I feel? How does my overall sense of feeling today? And, and you know, log it. It's, it's a beautiful thing to write down your thoughts and your feelings. And they do not have to be logical. They don't have to make sense. And you don't have to share them with other people. You know, it's simple. Just write them down. Throw them away if you need to. You don't need to evaluate it. But putting them down on paper, it allows your unconscious to be your conscious. That means you actually see what you're thinking rather than just sit there and speculate. And you also need to know 
if you're going to have emotional intelligence, when enough is enough, there comes a a time when you just got to stop looking inward and becoming over logical. You know, there's so many people that overthink their emotions. And when they do that, they drive themselves absolutely crazy. And that is not a good thing. If we overthink our emotions, we let our emotions become powerful and we avoid them. What we want to do is understand our emotions and embrace them and accept them and even accept the emotions of other people even if we don't agree with them. And that is huge. It's it's a huge uh, tool called listening and we can listen to ourselves too. All right. Now, in, you know, if we think of uh, high intelligence, people with high emotional intelligence often have what's called charisma. And what is uh, charisma? Well, you know, it's 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 actually it's called personal charisma, and it's a possession of a highly developed emotional and social communication skills. You know, charismatic individuals are brilliant and effective communicators who communicate emotions very very well, particularly. Uh, positive emotions. I think probably the best example of that I can think in our modern day history, uh, besides uh, um, several people that have probably come to your mind, but somebody named Anthony Robbins, who is a multi-billionaire due to the fact that he's able to create uh, positive self-regard, positive images, positive success models in people's lives. His, his, uh, High charisma is one of his greatest selling points because he basically makes people understand that if you look within yourself, you have all the answers you need and all the potential you have is within you. You don't have to be an incredible gifted person or have tons of money to be successful in your life. And that's a huge thing. Now, we're going to talk more about charisma. We're going to take a a quick break and then we're going to move on into more emotional intelligence. Thanks for listening. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Empowerment.com. 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about emotional intelligence. You know, here's some signs that a person lacks emotional intelligence. Uh, A person that has low emotional intelligence is usually unable to control their emotions. Uh, They are uh, used to uh, lashing out. And in anger or uh, getting over the top, uh, giddy or happy for no reason. And they likely uh, lack an intelligence, an emotional intelligence, the ability to manage. Also, people that lack emotional intelligence are clueless about their feelings or your feelings. You know, they, they, they don't read your facial expressions. They don't read your nonverbal cues. Um, they can't read your obvious displeasure or uh, think that happiness is really a, a concept. There are problems making emotional connections. They just don't get it. You're, you could be as blatant as possible about how you feel, but not verbal, and they just cannot read it. These are people that are low emotional intelligence. They also, uh, be, these folks often can't maintain friendships. They can have them, but they can't maintain them. They have a strong uh, you know, uh, people that have high emotional intelligence usually have strong networks of friends and acquaintances. Now, if a person in your life is unable to make or maintain good relationships with friends or colleagues, this is a good indicator that they have low emotional intelligence. Also, oftentimes, these kind of folks that have low uh, E. IQ is uh, people with a poker face. You know, while reading others' emotions is important for emotional intelligence, so is the ability to express your own. But if you can never tell her or uh, how or what your partner is really feeling, especially if you're generally in a good at reading emotions, it's likely that a person in your life is missing the key uh, element of emotional intelligence. Uh, so if they often have a poker face, that means that they're intimidated by emotion. It is something that they don't like. Also, uh, these people are often uh, very uh, emotionally inappropriate. They make jokes at funerals, uh, get angry over nothing. Uh, They don't realize they're angering other people or how they're affecting everyone else. And these are good signs that they they have very big trouble with emotional expression. Also, people that can't cope with sadness. Um, this is a very strong indicator that someone is is emotionally uh, inept. Also, uh, people that are emotionally tone deaf sometimes they, uh, you know, they they often have a deficit by overexpressing an emotion or underexpressing an emotion uh, through tone of voice. Uh, they they can't seem to sense. Uh, ir- uh, irritation or joy from the next room. Uh, they just don't have the ability to read people's tone as an understanding of how they feel emotionally. Also, um, oftentimes these people can't be sympathetic. They uh, empathy, sympathy, uh, compassion. They that means you recognize others' emotional states and reflect backward appropriately. 
And the deal is, is that this is a very complex skill and many people lack the ability to operate with sympathy, empathy, or compassion. And so that, that means that they, they have a very tone deaf uh, emotional intelligence. Also, people that have a no volume control where they just bust out, they're too loud, um, whether it's positive or negative, and they just don't control it when they're in a crowd or with people. They just don't, they, they don't think in terms of the social situation. These people often have low emotional intelligence. Uh, um, also, I can tell you that people um, that are unmoved by emotional movies can like love stories or thrillers or horror films that is a good indicator of low uh, emotional intelligence also people that tri- uh, trivialize emotions in general these are indicators that that person may not have very good emotional intelligence and uh, if they don't get an animal like a dog and i'm talking about get what the dog wants uh, you know, they have social animals like dogs have a wide range of emotions and emotional displays. And if if a person is unaware of a dog's emotional state, that shows you there's a good sign they don't have a good emotional intelligence. Now, as we walk through life, it's important to denote people's strengths and weaknesses. And if emotional intelligence is not one of them, you don't want to put somebody like that in front of a crowd and expect them to motivate people. So, how do you improve a relationship with somebody uh, with emotional intelligence? Uh, the first thing is you got to know yourself. You have to have a deep understanding of yourself and, and to provide more accurate perceptions of how you're coming across, being aware of how your emotions affect other people. Self-awareness is a reflection of your strengths and developmental opportunities, triggers, values alike. And we, we use this in things like interviews and, and building friendships at parties and socializing, talking over the phone, even, even uh, through our, our words and our texts, our letters, our, our emails to each other are all ways that we communicate emotionally. And the more we're aware of how we come across, the better we have a chance of being interpreted by uh, the way we want to be interpreted when we're communicating. Also, uh, we want to be open to feedback and criticism. People with high emotional intelligence are willing to be criticized, and they consider other people's feedback because that gives them a sense of being able to register how they're coming across. That is a sign of very high emotional intelligence when people are willing to hear feedback and criticism of all flavors, no matter if it's accurate, not accurate, true, untrue. It's important to get the whole thing because people's perception is their truth. And we all in this world, if we want peace in our lives, have to be willing to accept other people's truths even if we don't like them. Now, also, uh, people that want to cultivate uh, their uh, emotional relationship with other people try to practice mindfulness in all areas of their life. And what is mindfulness? It's, it's paying attention on the purpose, on the bigger picture, not being judgmental, but trying to look at a, an experience and go, what are we trying to do here? What's our intentions? Not what have we done wrong, but what are we intending to do? What are we trying to do? Looking at that bigger picture that is what emotionally intelligent people do. They're not judgmental. They're always trying to take in a lot of information. The other thing that improves emotional intelligence is breathing really, really deeply. 
Breathing incurs oxygen. Oxygen is what makes the brain function. Without oxygen, our neuropathways diminish. So people who breathe when they speak that are not stressed, that open them, their brain up to, to more and more oxygen, actually become more emotionally intelligent and actually even more safer because they are allowing their brain to fully realize its potential by giving it more and more oxygen. You know, you also, if you're emotionally intelligent, you want to question your own stories, even if you believe them. You know, if you're looking at a, a given situation and you've developed a knee-jerk reaction, a negative reaction, especially to, to someone else's actions, slow down and consider if there are other ways of explaining the situation. There are several ways to look at situations. And if we're judgmental people and we, we use anger as a way to judge people and impulse as a way to judge people and we're stubborn and we don't want to change our mind, that is not intelligent. What we want is good emotional intelligence. So we always want to go through did I read that situation correctly, especially if it's affected a relationship with another person? We don't want to always buy our own crap. We need to have several views of our own so that we can look at ourselves and be speculative and be able to engage other people and be welcome to understanding their thoughts and feelings, especially when we're doing conflict with other people. Also, you know, uh, people with that cultivate high emotional intelligence celebrate their positive emotions. They they focus on being resilient in negative events. They don't look at the worst and 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 just put themselves in a hole. They look at any kind of conflict as good. They welcome it as a conversation or a dialogue. They don't look at it as a judgment. They look at it as okay, this is something we got to work through. This is something good. So people that engage in acts of kindness and exercising or reminiscing about positive experiences. These are very, very good things that people do that are highly emotionally intelligent. People that practice gratitude. I can't tell you how much it affects people's lives to be hear someone say thank you for the smallest things. Gratefulness is a huge quality of emotional intelligence. It brings people into a relationship with you in a much stronger way, especially if they think that you are grateful for them. Um, also, empathy. You know, and I, I've talked about empathy before, but empathy is like standing at the top of a cliff and somebody jumps off and you say, I'm, that sucks for you. Let me throw you a rope. I'll try to help you, but I'm not going to jump off the cliff with you. And that is what empathy is. That don't, doesn't mean you buy their crap. What it means is you're trying to help them out of it. And that is huge. Um, very important to be able to empathize with people in life. It doesn't mean you're going to join them or be listening to a bunch of whining. You're wanting to be constructive and finding a way to help them. You know, and also active listening is so important. And what is that? It is, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. That's active listening. That means that you're engaging the person that you're listening to and validating that you are hearing them and you're wanting to hear them. You're not agreeing with them, but you're, you know, necessarily, but what you're doing is you're actually feeding it back to them that you're actually listening. You know, to, to, to help you get started on building a relationship with high emotional intelligence and, and you know, managing a marriage, managing a long-term relationship, you, you want to have emotional uh, factors that, that help you thrive and to be aware 
of what nourishes each person's emotions. Some people, we talked about love languages. Some people like gifts. Some people like just being there with you. Some people like validation. These are important things to understand about what makes a person tick. And if we understand how to meet those needs, we oftentimes are able to feed a relationship and make it thrive. You know, write down three of your most important things that make you feel loved. And and then write down what you think are the most three most important emotional things that you want somebody to be in a relationship with you to have. So you write them down and you look at them and you go, wow, am I really meeting those needs for me? Is this person meeting those needs for me? Maybe I need to communicate my needs a little more clearly. Maybe I need to understand their needs more. Maybe I should check. These are the things I think that my partner needs. I write them down and check with them and have a dialogue about it. I mean, that is a beautiful way to increase uh, your emotional intelligence in a relationship. You know, uh, emotions impact performance for better or worse. Some emotions like anger and anxiety can either enhance or impede relationships and performance, while confidence, optimism, tenacity, and enthusiasm typically enhance performance and make relationships productive. You know, uh, depression usually impedes it. So we want to be able to understand those emotions and how they're affecting us. And that is a huge, huge climb that we all have to make. Now, we talked about charisma earlier, and and I want to finish up on some of that. You know, three emotional skills uh, that I'm going to talk about is emotional expressiveness. And, And this is the ability to accurately and spontaneously convey emotional messages through nonverbal channels. It's expressiveness that is is most visible aspect of charisma. We say charismatic people light up a room with their positive emotions and their affect, and that is huge. Also, there's emotional sensitivity, and it, this is the ability to read and accurately decode other people's emotions, read nonverbal skills, attitudes, dominance, and, and this is where the charismatic person appears in tune and empathetic with other people. You know, uh, I always use the same, this phrase that Bill Clinton actually used, and I'm sure he wasn't the original, but he used to tell people when he was running uh, for president, I feel your pain. Well, you know, that is a huge thing. I feel your pain. That's an enormous empathetic comment, and it's a very emotionally sensitive uh, comment, and very emotionally intelligent. Also, another component of emotional intelligence as far as charisma is concerned, is emotional control. And this is the ability to regulate and control your emotional communication and expressions. But it's also the ability to hide felt emotions or mask them when a different emotion is is more appropriate. People that are able to do this are usually able to function a lot better where they use their emotions that are good and they they don't use the ones that are invasive. Okay, so there's also uh, three social components to emotional intelligence, and that is social expressiveness. You know, uh, if you think of like an extrovert or being able to work a room or speak spontaneously or fluidly on just about any topic, uh, uh, charismatic people are verbal uh, fluently and articulate very clearly, not that I'm doing very good right now. Also, social sensitivity is a component of emotional intelligence. And this is being able to read characteristics and demand of a social situation in order to behave appropriately. 
The third component of uh, social awareness is social control. And this is called self-confidence. And this is in, in social situations. It develops because the individual has very sophisticated and well-developed role-playing skills. They know how to read a room. They know how to read people's uh, what they want. And they know how to deliver that with confidence. And, and this is something that all of us have within us. But we have to develop a sense of understanding emotion in a much more uh, logical way rather than looking at it as our enemy. You know, it, it, it's charisma is a trait that anybody can develop. We, we it, it's a set of skills and, and it takes, you know, a person that wants to have relationships in their life to take these components and actually cultivate them. You know, uh, there are disadvantages to, to a charismatic life. And, uh, you know, some people get labeled as silly or wacky. Some people that people are highly judgmental of are perceived people that are charismatic as frauds or they're inauthentic. So, you know, so when you are a person that is uh, able to read a room that is charismatic, you also run the risk of coming off as shallow or salesman-like. And so people that operate with high emotional intelligence don't just hang themselves out there. They try to become more thoughtful about their emotions. They are trying to be more in tune with people rather than trying to motivate them. And that's a huge difference. Also, um, what leads you to be interested in emotional intelligence is something you have to ask yourself. What are you going to get out of it to know about emotional intelligence more in your life? And we're going to talk about what it does, what it can do, and how it can affect your life in just a few minutes. But there is a test that we can actually take. Um, to understand and express your own emotions, you know, uh, people with the ability to express their own emotions well have a good sense of why they have certain feelings. They have a good understanding of their own emotions. They understand what they feel and they know whether or not they're happy. Also, people that perceive and understand the emotions of others uh, always know their friends' emotions from their behavior. And they're good observers of other people's emotions. And they're sensitive to other people's feelings. And they have a good understanding of emotions of people that are around them. We're going to go into some other things that uh, basically test our ability to manage emotions and where this can be effective in our life. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or DRGBMFT.com. Remember, DrGBMFT.com. 
Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. And uh, I'm just kind of trying to go through a little bit of components of how we can rate our own uh, sense of how good our own emotional intelligence is. You know, regulating your own emotion is means that you're able to keep them under control, especially when you're feeling distressed. And uh, things that you want to uh, listen to in yourself is, uh, you know, do you set goals for yourself and, and try your best to achieve them? If you're somebody that does that, that's a very good sign of emotional intelligence. Also, trying to uh, tell yourself that you're a competent person or that you're a self-motivated person or you always try to encourage yourself to do your best. That is a highly intelligent, emotionally intelligent person. Also, emotionally intelligent people use emotion to maximize performance. That is directing your emotions towards constructive activities and allows you to use those emotions to optimize and advantage. You know, some people that show high emotional EQ are people that control their temper and they're able to handle difficulties rationally. They're capable of controlling their emotions. They're always able to calm down quickly when they're angry or have good control of their emotions. That That is huge. That is a huge component. Now, where can emotional intelligence really help us? Well, in the workplace, you you know, to hire people who thrive in your workplace, look for those people who have high self-awareness. If a person has a healthy sense of, of who they are, understands their own strengths and weaknesses, as well as their actions and how they affect other people, this person is self-aware and is usually better to handle and learn from constructive criticism than other people who are not. Also, you know, something you want to look for in the workplace are people that are good at self-regulation. You know, people can uh, maturely reveal their emotions and exercise restraint when needed instead of squelching their feelings or expressing them with restraint and control. If they can express with restraint and control, that is huge, huge. But people who can't, uh, you know, who squelch their feelings too much and, and don't state their feelings very well or overstate their feelings very well or in a bad way can be very, very difficult in a, in a workplace as far as emotional intelligence. All of, also, motivation. 
emotionally intelligent people are self-motivated. They're not motivated simply by money or title. They're usually resilient and optimistic when they encounter uh, disappointment and they're driven by an inner ambition. That is huge emotional intelligence. That is the ability to bounce back. Empathy. Once again, a person who has empathy has compassion and an understanding of human nature that allows them to connect with other people on an emotional level. These are good people to work with because these empathizers allow people to provide a great service and respond genuinely to other people. Genuinely. Sorry, I chewed that word up, but genuinely is huge. Also, people that have... uh, High emotional intelligence are people with people skills. They 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 are emotionally intelligent because they build rapport and they build trust uh, quickly with others on their teams and they avoid power struggles and backstabbing and they usually enjoy other people and have respect of others around them. So you know, um, huge huge importance. A huge, tall, tall order to fill. If you're hiring people in a workplace, you want to look for those qualities, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, people skills. These are things that make good leaders and these make good employees. Um, so, you know, what is a person as far as uh, a person with high intelligence? Well, In a relationship, people understand uh, their relationships and how they feel about people and and how they, you know, how they're maybe overprotective of a relative or overprotective of their partner or they overrespect maybe somebody who doesn't deserve respect. You know, it's important to understand how people interact and for you to understand how you think of the people around you. If you think of people in a very negative, judgmental way, you have stunted your ability to have relationships, at least positive ones. You've stunted your emotional relationships. And people do this, especially in marriage, where they characterize their partner in a very negative way. You'll often hear people that are sarcastic about various people in their life. They've basically put those people into a can of emotions that they understand, but they don't allow those people to to be seen in their life without uh, being outside of that box that they've put them in as far as how they've emotionally defined someone. You know, a a good example is, you know, she's not very intelligent, she doesn't do this, or he, you know, he's overjudgmental, or he's angry all the time, or, you know, responding to people as if they're angry all the time, or if they're terrible listeners. You know, people are floating targets, and the deal is, is that we have to be open to the person we have at the moment, not the person that we've judged previously. And so people that have emotional intelligence work more in the moment than they do in the past. They don't look at a person through the way they were 10 minutes ago. They look at the person through the eyes of who they are in that moment. And if we want to get the best potential out of a relationship, we always respond to the person that's in the moment rather than the person of the past. You know, uh, also, uh, a person that is highly emotionally intelligent, especially uh, towards physical affection, you know, they are usually someone who is warm with no strings attached. That means they don't have an agenda, a sexual agenda. People are not a sexual object when you hug them. 
you know, that the, a person that uses spontaneous uh, touches or gestures of affection that are not threatening. This is important. This tells you how well a person connects with other people. But if a person gets into people's space, starts getting all grab ass and, you know, touching in the wrong places, that tells you that person does not have high emotional intelligence as they're not able to read the person that they're around. Um, also, People that do have high emotional intelligence observe the depth of their emotions. You know, they understand when someone is deeply moved. You know, a, 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 a person with an, an oxytocin system that uh, is very strong, you know, may get extremely emotional. And there's a lot of people that become highly emotional in their, their life, especially if they're watching a film or reading a book or uh, discussing an emotional story. You know, it, some people just feel strong emotions very tensely, and that means that they're very deep. And it's very important for people to be respectful of those people and allow them to feel. Don't run away from it. Actually, you may learn something from people who are deep in how they feel. And, and also, people that are ho- uh, highly emotionally intelligent also find the time to serve other people. You know, they don't have uh, an agenda. They enjoy helping other people. So they may go to a, a homeless shelter or help build a house with, like with Habitat for Humanity or, or may coach Little League or, or sing in a choir or spend a lot of time with somebody who's lonely, shovel people's driveway, you know, when it snows, especially elderly people. You know, not everybody is going to have this, but the deal is that people are highly emotionally intelligent, show a lot of symptoms of or sim- a lot of uh, sympathy for other people by actually engaging them and understanding what they must be going through and trying to be corrective in that stuff. And and that is huge. Now, you know, emotional intelligence also plays a big role in addiction recovery. You know, uh, giving up addiction is an important first step, but it's not usually enough to ensure happiness. You know, we can logically conclude that we do not want to be addicted, but without an understanding of how much emotions pull us back into a sense of wanting that addiction, how we feel about uh, that addiction, and what the, the actual quotient of, of emotions that we feel towards an addiction, especially at a certain time. Let's say alcohol. You may drink alcohol at a certain time. We may have a very high emotional attachment to alcohol at certain points of our day. If we can change the emotional uh, uh, quotient or feeling during that time that we're normally addicted, we can usually shift uh, a uh, an addiction. It doesn't mean we're going to overcome it, but we're also going to give our chance to overcome it by not attaching so much emotion to it. Addiction is all about feeling. It's all about cues and emotional cues, and it all it's all about getting away by self-medicating, either through drugs or alcohol, uh, basically self-medicating to avoid emotions. And so the people that have low emotional intelligence usually are people that have high addictions. And so um, we want to help people in recovery recognize and manage their emotions. And that's why they they, uh, often say like Alcoholics Anonymous, these step programs are great because they force people to engage with other people and actually learn about their emotional intelligence through their stories and connecting in group with other people.
Also, being able to uh, reduce their emotional stress levels is enormous in being able to solve addiction. You know, being confident to to resolve conflicts in a positive manner is another way to avoid addiction and take the power away from an addiction. And a- able to use humor in dealing with difficulties in life is also a huge way to get away from addictions. You know, a, a person that is unable to think clearly. Uh, you know, kind of like a fuzzy brain is people that are uh, have frequent headaches or their upset stomachs, physical symptoms where they're not don't seem to be uh, obvious medical cause, tension in the body, inability to sleep, butterflies, evidence of ineffective immune systems, loss of appetite, uh, be- become irritable or upset, feelings of anxiety, lack of energy. Uh, depression, lots of interest in sex or lack of interest in sex. You know, these people oftentimes are very uh, inclusive in addiction and they deal with it by getting into the addiction rather than dealing with emotional intelligence. And so, you know, mindfulness is a huge ingredient to being able to uh, increase our emotional intelligence. Some other ways of, of, of cultivating a person's emotional intelligence is being able to uh, improve your self-awareness. So you're practicing noticing how you feel throughout the day and your source of emotions. Are you angry? Are you jealous? Are you disengaged? Are you tired? You know, how do you feel about your boss? How do you feel about your clients, your coworkers, your partner, a uh, person you're married to, your children? Evaluate these on a constant basis if you're trying to get to know your emotional intelligence. Also, you want to improve your self-regulation, you know, uh, uh, being able to inc- uh, uh, redirect your Im- impulsive actions like eating. If you're able to control when you eat and how you eat, that is huge. That can actually affect your health in a million different ways because you also, if you uh, recognize that impulsivity is a part of your emotions, if you understand your emotions better, you understand how to regulate them better. Also, there's some actions we can take to improve uh, motivation in our life, which is to give more purpose to our jobs, uh, give more purpose to the things we do. And that means uh, if you have a job you don't like, maybe what you do is look at that job as an opportunity to give you something else in life. Maybe this is how I'm going to get to go to college, or this is my chance, this is what I'm going to have to do until I'm able to get myself positioned to get this other job. So then we don't look at the job necessarily in a negative light, but we look at it as an opportunity to get us to the next place we are in life. So people that have emotional intelligence attach positives to what they perceive as negatives. They change negatives into positives. That is a huge emotional intelligence, and if you can do that, you will increase your emotional intelligence enormously. So, you know, uh, we want to improve our empathy with other people, and we want to also improve our social skills. And this is about as far as I can go, as far as emotional intelligence. I hope the show helped you. Uh, Next show, next week, though, so this is our show, but next week we're going to talk about changing your thoughts, which will change your life. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. And what, by the way, that show next week is about cognitive change, changing your thoughts. 
how changing your thoughts can change your life. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, whenever you feel like a genius, remember there was a time in your life when you were learning not to poop in your pants. Also, the reason people's eyesight fades as we get older is nature's way of stopping us from a heart attack caused by what we'd see in the mirror. That's our show. I hope you join us next week about thought change. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.